Ken, you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. We've had a couple of attempts at the quiz. The studio audience has the answer, but nobody's called in with the correct answer yet, so the prize is still up for grabs. Yes, All right. indeed. And I'm going to give you another clue for the quiz. But before we do that, Lyle... I want to tell everyone about another giveaway that we have. It's happening all this week. Uh, I'm just trying to... The, the microphone's going to fall on me if I let it go. Let me put my counterweight on it. Hang on. Sorry. This is, this is we have our, our makeshift, makeshift studio. Right here. Yeah, thank you. There we go. That's much better. Yeah, so all this week, if you come and join us in the tent here, in our little pop-up studio, Faith of Men pop-up studio... We have prizes to give away. We have gifts to give away. We We have have gifts to give away. Every single person who comes in, until we run out, we have a big box of them, will get a Nature's Superfoods cookbook. So if you want a cookbook, if you want a freebie cookbook, all you've got to do is come and join us and watch the live show happen, um, the breakfast show happen live. So Stuart's here this morning. Stuart's got his cookbook. Stuart is a cook. That's what he does. Yes, amongst he, other things. Well, he does cook a few things, yes. <laughs> he baked bread. So that's pretty impressive. I like bread. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yes. Next clue for our What City Am I quiz. Clue number three. A company of prophets from this city went looking for Elijah after he had been taken away in a chariot of fire. That's clue number three. That's clue number three. Why was that not clue number one? I don't know. Would you have not gotten that? I would have been thinking long and hard about that one. A company of prophets from this city went looking for Elijah after he'd been taken away in a chariot of fire. I would have got there. I would have got there. I would have got there. Give us a call if you know the answer. Because all you have to do is work backwards from geographically where he was taken from and where he went and what he crossed and I'm trying not to give any more clues Maybe away you should right just stop now. talking. You haven't done uh, it in a while and I feel like you might be right for not giving away of the answer. No, no, <laughs> no, not at, all, not at all. If you know the answer, give us a call. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your answer to 491 064669. So Stuart's busily going through his his uh, his new cookbook right here. Stuart, have you found a recipe for us yet that uh, um, no, he's shaking his head. He's still still flicking through that he's going to invite us over for dinner for sometime. <laughs> <laughs> better, better, better yet, he's going to make and bring for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Because this is the breakfast show. Yes. All right, so... Oh, encounter- speaking of yes. giving away stuff, I was wondering if uh, anyone here uh, at Big Camp who was listening might have some sort of like massage knowledge who could come and give me a massage because my legs are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot running on the beach. Yeah, so for anyone who's interested who wants to come and do the beach challenge, there's a few of us doing an everyday beach challenge. So the beach challenge is every single day of camp, no matter what the weather, you've got to get down to the beach and you can either go for a swim or you have to touch the rocks on both sides of the beach. Okay, so you know what the forecast is for Friday. Have you seen the forecast for Friday? The only exception to the rule is if it's dangerous. This is the beach forecast for Friday. What is it? It is sunshine from morning till night, 27 degrees. Really? Have you felt the water down there? It's It's warm. It's like a bath. bath. I'm going to be in the water all day. So Friday, Friday, I think I'm going to probably not book myself any interviews. Maybe on Friday we can just broadcast from the beach. Maybe we'll take it to the beach. They'll do our microphones and sit in the water like the Dead Sea or something. I think the um, waves in the background might cause a bit of... um 
It'd be great. It'd be great. Maybe a little too much background noise. The birds are kind of nice here. The rain, the gentle rain that we had, um, people walking past, conversations of campers in the background has all been good, but we uh, a bit worried. Yeah, okay, okay, we found the recipe. We found a recipe. Yep, yep. What are we making? Date breakfast muffins. Ooh. Yes. Got yes, yes, ran. yes. Ground up linseeds, oh, self whole meal. No, don't like that flour. Chopped dates are good. Steal yeah. it. That's because it's healthy. This is a healthy. <laughs> Just cooking. sub out any. No, no, flour no, no. no. I, I think there's more healthy ways of doing it. Okay. Oh, oh. Ooh. Okay. He's going to improve on it. He's yeah, I can improve on it. Oh, right. I love Sounds the challenge. Good. Love Sounds it. Good. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Tablespoon canola oil. No, definitely not. Now I'm not a huge <laughs> canola oil fan either. Yeah, we can, canola oil. Not what? a good oil. Yeah, no. Let, olive oil all day ol- long. Olive oil. All day long. Um, but for cooking and, a sweet might be a bit whole weird. Grain, like whole grain oil. bread, if you're going to do that way, don't worry about unprocessed bran. Just put in some extra linseed. Oh, yes. Linseed's very good. Um, quarter cup of brown sugar, you possibly linseed's could. Linseed's like good for your brain, isn't it? Yeah. Linseed is fantastic. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we need some here on The Breakfast Show. It'll make our brains sharper. And for keeping you regular. That Which too. will also help keep your brain sharper. Always, always a benefit. Yeah. Always an advantage right there, being so, regular. So Talking about regularity, we have a Bible study this morning on rhythms of life. And, and, and Stuart has brought his um, Saving Lives bottle of something that looks like a severe health food. What is that, Stuart? <laughs> what are you shaking the bottle at us? What is it? It's, I, I shouldn't be having it. It's cayenne pepper and, <gasps> and lemon juice. and That's delicious. With maple syrup? No, no, no. <laughs> Just water. Oh, you, do, you it don't is sweeten good. it. You don't sweeten it? No. That's one of my favorite drinks is when you get squeeze some fresh lemon, some cayenne pepper, and then some water, and then you sweet with it. It'll either maple syrup or, or honey. It's delicious. I've been told by a good friend that I'm addicted to it. But I've also been told by a, a medical person, don't have too much, so I'm not sure which way to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what cayenne pepper does go well with? Chocolate. Uh, probably, probably. Uh, but it, yes, ch- that's chilli. That's like that chilli chocolate, is that what? Yeah, yeah, yeah chilli yeah. chocolate. I was thinking more along the lines of um, licorice tea with cayenne pepper sprinkled in, um, and then you get black adder with a bite. It's good. No, I, I like a bit of cayenne pepper in any of the herbal teas. It just gives them an extra. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, let's start our Bible study this morning. Yes. And uh, we'll continue life. talking food tomorrow. If you want to get a cookbook, just come and join us for the live show. Okay, so Mon, what do you know about circadian rhythms? That it hasn't actually got anything to do with cicadas. Okay. Yeah, I looked that but up. But cicadas have, the, have a rhythm. Well, they're just noisy as far as like in the trees, right? Yeah, it's, it's a rhythm. Yeah, it's irritating. Okay, circadian rhythms. Tell me about circadian rhythms. This is something that you should be very familiar with, Mon. This really? is something that uh, that over the last uh, year and a half um, has definitely affected your body. Oh, you mean like because of turning into a morning person? Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. would have thought that a who year and a half? Who would have thought a year and a half ago that Mon would be the kind of person to get up at four in the morning, and go for a run on the beach, and relish it? Like four a.m. on a Monday morning is that my favorite time? <laughs> this is not Mon. This <laughs> is. Just- Do you want to hear something hilarious, Lyle? On Sunday morning, I got up and I was getting ready to come here for Super Sunday Fun Day. I was so excited that the next day was Monday and I was going to be able to get up at four a.m. and like just get into life. That as I walked out the door on Sunday, I already set my alarm for Monday morning, four a.m. Forgetting, because I have a little old-fashioned alarm clock, forgetting that these things don't have a.m. and p.m. 
and they just go off the next time a four o'clock comes around. <laughs> so I come back to my cabin about five o'clock on Sunday afternoon and, and everybody flux? is angry at me because my <laughs> alarm's been oh, no. blaring like a fire alarm for an hour straight. And these cabins have like paper thin walls. <laughs> Everyone oh. just wanted to strangle me. That's how much of a morning person I am. Oops. How yeah. to win friends and influence people. Uh, yeah. Okay, so there's a solution to this. You need to get a 24-hour clock. Yeah, well, yeah. Because I, I, a long time ago, I, uh, I, I I found that if I set my alarm for, um, you know, catching early morning flights and that kind of thing, I, I would always stress and then I'd wake up in the middle of the night and check whether it was AM or PM and, you mm-hmm. know, all this kind of stuff. And you don't sleep well. And so years and years ago, I just like, you know what? Problem solved. Switched it over 24 hours. Never had a problem since. Yeah. Mm. It's just it's just, it's a little old-fashioned alarm clock. doesn't have the option to Why do we days. have AM and PM? It's the dumbest idea ever. Why yeah, not exactly. just have 24 hours? Exactly. Yeah, one, two. You just Germans count, you know? It. One, two, three, four, five, six. You just t- 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 you count. It's the way the Germans do it. The British. been doing it for years. British stupidity is what it is. Yeah, Blame it the Brits. certainly is. It makes it harder. a British person this morning, come here. We need to give you a hard time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why do we have our day... Ending in the middle of the night. That's good. And point. we call it a day. Yeah. And we call it a day when it's actually half the night. When I was on radio, going back a while, talking about circadian rhythms. This is before I came to Seventh Day Adventist Church, and I discovered that the day finished in the evening. Uh huh. Because you were studying your Bible. I was studying my Bible. Yes. And well it would come around about. Five or six o'clock. I didn't really wasn't worried about the sunset so much, but I knew that was the end of the day. Yeah, and I would rejoice because the whole problems of that day, as far as I was concerned, they were finished. Nice, they mm. were finished. This is one of the and and so I could rejoice at that time, but I still had meetings to to prepare for and that for that evening that I had to go to. But guess what? It was a new day. Yeah, fantastic. I've rejoiced twice. And it's always uh, it's always it's always good to come to a new day with new opportunities. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Lyle, what does this all have to, what does circadian rhythms have to do with our Bible study today? Okay, so circadian rhythms are a thing that humans have. Um, and they are biological rhythms, otherwise known as body clocks. They regulate the function of our bodies. Um, and so, in other words, a certain degree of regularity is pre-programmed into the human being um, within our bodies, and they follow um, a day-night cycle. They follow a winter-summer cycle. They follow, interestingly, a seven-day cycle. I wonder Ooh. where that came from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a natural rhythm within our body clock that follows a seven-day cycle. Uh, but when you sort of look at these circadian rhythms, it reminds you of you know the, the larger rhythms of life and the cycle of life, and the different um, you know the different stages that we all go through because. Every day with our circadian rhythms has different stages to it, and our entire life in the same way has different stages to it. So if I look around the room here, um, and, and you consider some of the different stages of life, you know, you have birth, childhood, youth, um, <coughs> which is uh, which is where Mon is up to, then you've got marriage and children, which is where Shell and I are up to, then you've got grandchildren, you got any grandchildren, Stuart? Yes. Yeah, so that's where Stuart's up to. Then you've got death, which is none of us are up to, praise God. <laughs> but then you could even go on and say you've got resurrection, the millennium, and eternity. 
um, following on after that, which I sort of uh, you know added into there. But you've got this this kind of cycle of life, and every person is at a different stage. What does every everyone being at a different stage? What does it actually add to our world? Variety. Yeah, and why is that important? Do you think? Yeah, uh, so God doesn't get bored. <laughs> so God doesn't get <laughs> also, so we don't get bored. Yeah, that's true. And every person has something different to offer, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, because Stuart can talk about grandchildren. I can't talk about grandchildren. I don't have any. And it also can offer advice and guidance. He can offer yeah. advice and guidance. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can come along with your youthful energy and Go make it. Go the beach at 4 a.m. That's right, which I have not been doing. <laughs> and probably won't be this week. I'm sort of looking forward to you know going down to the beach and lying on the sand, <laughs> catching some rays, stoking up on some vitamin D. Actually, we all need we all need to catch we all need to get some rays and catch some vitamin D because winter's coming on. There was so actually big, some people big, down there with a little campfire this morning. Oh, nice! Yeah, just in the dark, just had a beach fire. It was really nice. You could do them. that, couldn't you? I, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know me and fire. Mm-hmm, that's right. I lit my fire about a week before we came down here to big. I came up here to big camp. <laughs> it will go out in October. Um, my fire and I are good friends. Okay, so we all have these different stages, and each different stage adds something different. But if we go to the book of Job, my next question is: the stages of life are they predictable? Ooh, good question. Job chapter one. Maybe what we're going to do because there's a whole passage here. Why don't we summarise what's happening in Job chapter 1? Okay, so let's think about this for a moment. Stuart, what kind of a person was Job, according to Job 1 and verse 1? Well, Job 1 verse 1, he said, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. In other words, he shunned evil. Okay, all right, so... Mine said uh, he was word, blameless and of complete integrity. The, the, Absolutely. The, 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 uh, the, we're just going with eschewed. Okay, fine. Yeah, in complete integrity, that's um, just too modern. We're going to go with eschewed and your challenge for the day. I know we've done this challenge before. Uh, Stuart, your challenge for the day is to use the word eschewed somewhere in conversation. It means he turned away from evil. He turned away from something. So he stewed. He turned away from evil. So there's your there's your there's your breakfast show challenge, Stuart. That sounds a good challenge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, so he's a he's a righteous man. You'd expect a righteous man to have a fairly predictable life, but. The one thing that is predictable about life is that life is unpredictable. Absolutely. That was a really so, predictable sentence. <laughs> yes. Okay, so uh, <coughs> moving on from there. Yeah, there. What happens to Job? T- fill me in, guys. Uh, he, gets, uh, he gets tested. He does. Yeah. And if you look at the backstory, because this is one of the few places in the Bible where you do get a backstory, what is happening in heaven is that Satan's turned up in heaven and tried to pass himself off as the representative of planet Earth. And God's like, oh, okay, you, you represent Earth, do you? Uh, you think you represent Earth? What about Job? Do you represent him? It seems like you don't represent everybody who's down there because Job does not serve you, he serves me. And Satan turns around and Satan says, well, the only reason that Job serves you is because you give him stuff. You've made him wealthy. Of course he's going to serve you. Take away his stuff, he won't serve you. Love is not a real thing. It's all fake. You have paid for his friendship. And so, and, and, and Satan does this, by the way, in front of the assembled multitudes, the representatives of the universe. And so really what is 
is, is happening here is that the allegiance of the universe is at stake because if what Satan has accused God of is actually true, then God's a fraud. And that's, it's going to yeah, totally expose God. It's a good point. And Satan is fairly confident that if he can get access to Job, he can get Job to bend. And if he can get Job to bend, then he can prove that the prosperity gospel is a thing. Okay. I can see why this needs to be tested out. You know the prosperity gospel, right? Yeah, yeah. The prosperity I mean, gospel that, thing that was tells all over you, Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah. And the prosperity gospel is uh, if you serve God, God will give you things. Nah, it's, uh, I can see why people get caught up in it, but it's a dangerous, dangerous It's a dangerous process. thing. Yeah, it's a dangerous Absolutely, because here you've got Job, and he has lots of things, and what happens the next day? He He's got nothing. And uh, what does he start by losing? He's, um, is it his possessions that he loses? Yeah, he loses his possessions yeah, first. Yeah. So he, he begins uh, uh, by losing his possessions. And so if you, if you actually go through and make a list of everything that he lost, and he loses this within the space of hours, and I want you to think about this for a moment, um, he loses all of his possessions, all of his property, um, all of his goods. Um, he loses his labor force. They're all killed, except for one or two survivors, You know, maybe That's three horrible. or four survivors. Uh, then he loses all his children. It's just, that's just devastating. It is. You, you think about um, you know the, the the Danish guy, and I'm sure there's a, this story's been told over and over again in Sri Lanka. But you know, Denmark's richest man who just lost three out of his four children. I, I don't even know how a person lives through an experience like that. That would just be. You really horrific. hope it's not going to twist him and make him into yeah. an angry, volatile human, especially if he has that much money behind him. Yeah. We need to pray for these people. We really need to pray for Sri Lanka because there is. Um, every opportunity for this to you know to really twist a lot of people. And the other problem is, Lyle, that when you suffer grief, if you suffer some more grief on top of that, it's not like, oh, you're buffered because of the first grief. No. It's grief stacked on grief. Yes. Mm. And uh, when I lost my eye, it was very, very painful. And when I had extra pain, it was pain stacked on pain. Mm-hmm. It didn't make pain more bearable. It made pain less bearable. So these people are doubly vulnerable. Yeah, and here we've got a man who's lost everything. He lost the grief of his labour force. He, he had the grief of, of of possessions. Then he had the grief of all of losing all family. He's extremely vulnerable. He has been put in the lowest place. Mm. And the only thing that God said you can't do to Job was was to kill him because that would serve no purpose. Yeah, that would prove nothing. Yeah, that proves nothing. Um, and so, um, but then he loses his health. Yeah. And then he loses the support of his wife. Now, when you're going through a hard time, the support of your wife is worth, your spouse is worth just about everything. You know, it is worth so much. And he loses the support of his wife. And then his best mates turn up. And you can sort of, you put yourself in Job's Job's shoes at this particular point where he has lost pretty much everything. And it's like, but at least I've got some mates. Hmm. And then they sit there and they just don't say anything. Which was a good week. thing for a while. Probably. They don't say anything for a week. And then when they do, when they do open their mouths, it's just terrible things they say. Like, yeah, Job, you're an evil person. We don't know what you've done that's evil, but it's really evil because this is it's why... It's obvious. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. obvious. This would not have happened to you unless you were evil. And so he loses the support of his friends and you can't lose much more than that. No. Yeah, what else have you got after that? Like, what else have you got to lose, really? Yeah. And so I, I guess one of the big lessons that we can learn when we're talking about the rhythms of life 
is that yes, life has these uh, these 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 certain rhythms that we're talking about, where you know you go from uh, birth to childhood to youth to marriage to children to grandchildren uh, through to death, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But none of that is predictable, and for particularly for people that have faced you know tragedy, um, and still I know you've faced tragedy in your life. Um, you know, even even our uh, even our health is not predictable. That's right. You you lost what was it an, an eye? I lost my right eye. Your right eye. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that would be um, yeah, just an incredibly challenging thing to to deal with. Anyway, we are going to talk more about this and how God gets us through these situations. This is Matt and Josie Minicus, Temple of Time. God took six days and created earth and moon and stars and sun. On the seventh day he rested from the work that he had done. Then he blessed it, made it holy as a gift for Back everybody, there was Matt and Josie Minicus with uh, what was it, uh, Temple of Time. So that kind of 
kind of goes with what we're talking about here with time and how time works. And, of course, the Sabbath is a uh, regular part of our weekly cycle, our circadian circadian rhythm. Anyway, we uh, need to get back into our story here. We were talking about Job and how Job lost everything and how that one of the uh, one of the most predictable things about life is that life is unpredictable and that life brings us all kinds of changes and huge challenges that come our way. <coughs> ah, excuse me. And, uh, you know, we really need to look at then, you know, when these, when these unexpected things happen, how do we deal with it? So, Stuart, you've had some, you've had some pretty heavy things happen in your life. Has God helped you through the challenges that you have faced? Well, very interesting, yes. Um, and it even goes back to a very, very basic thing. Even before I became a Christian... I came home from school one day and Dad said, ah, I know, I said to Dad, you know what, they've said that the earth came out of a star, you know, a hot, hot ball. This is how the earth started. And Dad said, hmm, but have you con- thought about where the stars come from? And when I, look- <laughs> yeah. and when I looked up Good in the question. sky, I couldn't believe they were there and I couldn't believe they weren't there. And from that point on, probably six or seven years before I became, got to know Jesus Christ, I believed that God was creator. Mm-hmm. So when I lost my eye, um, I was in hospital and my friends in, in Sydney were praying for me and praying for me and that sort of thing. And then when the doctors made the decision they had to take the eye out because it was no longer suitable, it was actually could turn my other eye, send my other eye blind. And when I told them about it, they were so disappointed because, oh, they were believing that God was going to heal that eye. And I'm thinking, what is the problem? He's the God who's created the heavens and the earth and the whole universe. And I'm still believing that God can replace that eye with a brand new eye. Why? Because God is the creator of the whole universe. It is so important Mm -hmm. to be putting our trust in a God who's a God who's creator. And when my wife died, for instance, I was able to surrender to the God of the whole universe. Knowing that he sees the big picture. He sees the big picture. Mm. And a lot of my friends lost their faith over that because I was believing and believing and believing. Well, God didn't answer their prayers. Hello, I don't know how God answers my prayers, but he's led me all these years and made me the person I am today. Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. And, and, that, and that faith that you've just expressed there, Stuart, is really a testimony to the power of God. I, I really appreciate that. It, it, it's interesting that in your story, your friends lost their faith when your wife died and you didn't. Your faith was strengthened as a result of that experience, um, as horrific as it, that experience is. And this is something that I see, you know, repeated many times, you know, myself. And really, when we go through these experiences, we're always given a choice as to how we respond to it. Yeah. Um, and we can, it, it will draw us closer to God or further away. And we can allow those experiences to direct us either of those two different directions. Yeah, well, I think that the story of Job is classic. It in the end, it actually drew him so much closer to God. So much closer, and particularly when you started your, your your story talking about creation and where the world came from, really, that's where God takes Job back to, isn't it? Takes yeah. him back to creation. You know, who made this? Who made that? Please explain this, Job. You know, you think yeah. you think that you know all of the answers. You don't see that there is a much bigger picture out there that I can see. 
Um, and, and that's and that's really the the moral behind that story is that we we look through we look at the at the plan of salvation through a keyhole and God sees everything that's on the other side of that keyhole the magnificent room that is on the other side that we, we, we just don't um, that we just don't pick up on and see but one of the things I want to move on and talk about is change because we have changes that come our way that are unexpected changes but what about um, here's a question for you Mon do people change? So let's say that um, let's say that you meet um, uh, Mr. Amazing sometime, and you think, okay, so there are certain things here that are amazing. There's a few things here that are maybe a little less amazing, but that's okay because I can change him. Oh no, nah, that's not. Nah. <laughs> Is that ever gonna happen? Nah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> like he doesn't have to be perfect, but if there's something that needs to change, it's gonna have to change before any sort of a wedding day event. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you've just basically got to figure out what are your non-negotiables, right? Right, right, yeah. And if something is a non-negotiable, then you can't count Negotiate on that it. changing. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, I mean, I do think people can change, but not without a huge amount of difficulty. All right, so on the basis of that, then let's talk about the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. Okay. Did this guy change? Somewhat. Somewhat? By the grace of God. <laughs> Somewhat is a dramatic understatement there, Stuart. He changed <laughs> dramatically overnight. What was the power that brought about that change? Oh, it was God's power for sure. Absolutely. And so when we look at it from that perspective, I think that when we look at ourselves, when we look at others, we cannot expect others to change. Um, you know, we cannot base, we, we cannot structure our lives based on the thought that somebody else is going to change. No. But we can look at our own lives and we can never sit back and say, I can't change. I am who That's I am true. and I can't yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah, no. And the Apostle Paul is one of many classic examples of this. Uh, probably the other big one in the Bible would be Manasseh. Oh, yeah, Manasseh's a good one. Probably even bigger than Paul. I would say so, because he had such a horrific background. Yeah. What about Nebuchadnezzar? Oh, man, Nebuchadnezzar is right up there. He's right up there. You know, as, he as was far a total as, despot. He was a despot. He was a psychopath. Idol worshipper. He was... Um, <laughs> he was the last person on earth you would ever expect to be saved. This was, a, this was a guy who you look sideways at him and he'd turn your house, the Bible says, into a dung heap and kill you and your family and all of your children and anybody who was related to you and your friends and everybody else. Yes. Just but did he murder and sacrifice babies like Manasseh did? No. Okay, yeah. Well, we don't know. But it's unlikely because the religion that he was involved in was not a religion at that time that did human of human sacrifice. Okay, yeah. Now, you know, further research and archaeology may reveal that to be different, but there's no evidence at this point. So, yeah. All right. So maybe Manasseh, maybe Manasseh tops, the, uh, tops the list so far with Nebuchadnezzar coming second, maybe Paul coming third. Although and Mongolash coming fourth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was Paul, of course, who said chief of sinners, you know, though I be. Yeah. Um, he, he referred to himself as the chief of sinners. I think this is something that we all need to take note of and to take on board that God does bring about change and the whole purpose of becoming a Christian is to change. Mm. Amen. There are sometimes I meet people and they are desperate to see people get into heaven. And they say, you know, we went door knocking the other night and, you know, 10 people got saved. 
And I'm like, okay, but did they? Did you have ten people that experienced conversion? Because becoming a Christian is about conversion, you know. And, and, and I'm like, well, what happened? Well, we, we we said the sinner's prayer with them, so now they're saved and they will never be lost. Um, you know, their their power of choice has been completely removed forever. And I appreciate what these people are doing. I appreciate they're going out to the community and they are endeavouring to lead people to Christ. But coming to Christ is all about change. Lyle, ask you a question. Yes. When all the children came out of Israel, weren't they all saved? When the children came out of Egypt? Egypt. Yes. They were all saved. Mm -hmm. How many came into the promised land? Uh, Two. Hello. (laughs) That's a pretty stark warning right there, isn't it? It is huge. Yeah. Paul was converted. He wasn't only converted... He had a total change, and when you talked about him talking about, he said, in the end of his life, he turned around and he said, hey, yeah, I'm the worst of sinners. That's right. Oh, for a closer walk with God. Leading to the land Where is that blessedness I knew When first I saw the Lord Where is that soul-refreshing view Of Jesus and His Word with God can answer 
light shall mark the road that leads me to the land. Part of camping caravanning scene? Join Australia's largest annual national gathering of travellers and caravanners at the Stewart's Point Convention Centre this year, Stewart's Point, New South Wales. It's an amazing campground among the trees. Inspirational Christian speakers. With incredible music. And beautiful beaches. And a relaxing environment. Be part of the community and make friends for life. May 10 through 18. Stewart's Point Caravan and Convention Centre. Contact Debbie on 024994-3220 or simply email graynomads at adventist.org.au. Hello, Jackie speaking. Hi, Jackie. I've just cleaned and polished my motorcycle. Who can I ride with? Why not ride with us? Who's us? Adventist Motorcycle Ministry. What is Adventist Motorcycle Ministry? Adventist Motorcycle Ministry is a Christian motorcycle riders group. We are drug and alcohol free. Rides are normally on the first Sunday of each month. Are other riders welcome? Yes, of course. But they need to be aware that AMM is drug and alcohol free. Where can I find out more information? Just ring Jeff on 0458 005. Yes, call Jeff on 0458-000-505 for more details. That number again is 0458 005. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. to see Do I show in the way that I walk in my life The love that you've given to me My heart's desire is to be like you In all that I do Jesus in me 
Guys, uh, that was Sandra Enderman with um, Do You See Jesus in Me here on Faith FM. We still don't have anyone that has snapped up the prize for the quiz yet, so we are going to give you another clue. What have you got for us there, Mon? I'm going to be very gracious and give two clues at once. Okay. Because they're both short. This it was a bit of that. What city am I? That's mm-hmm. the quiz. This was the home of Rahab the prostitute, mm-hmm. and Israel marched around the walls of this city for seven days. Ah, the two clues right there. Give us a call. One eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number to call if you know the answer to that. And there's a prize coming your way. Of course, if you are on site here at Stewart's Point, you can come and join us in the Faith FM tent, and there is a cookbook for you for anyone who comes to. Uh, join the live studio audience. Mon, 
What have we got for question of the day? Today's question is, uh, it's a bit of a curly one actually. I'm really interested to see what you say about this one, Lyle. So the question is, does the devil needs God, need God's permission to do bad stuff? So, for example, you know how people say, oh, look, it'll only happen if God allows it. Does that mean if the bad thing then happens that God allowed that to happen? So you can then turn around and blame God for every bad thing that takes place. Well, I mean, look at the story of Job. The devil asked God for permission to, to torment Job and he was granted it. And so it's a pretty damning sort of light that's shining on God right there. Okay, so our world chose Satan as its ruler when Adam and Eve uh, sinned in the Garden of Eden. Uh, at that point, God then brought the world back by the promise of the death of Jesus Christ. And so there's been this bit of a backwards and forwards. God's problem is this. If God steps in, destroys Satan, Satan is gone, he runs the risk that sin will come back again because nobody has really known it and understood it. You know, Satan comes to Adam and Eve and says, you know, you'll never know good and evil unless you, you know, do what I'm doing right here. You know, God 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 is trying to hide this information from you. And so if God just wiped out Satan as soon as Satan said that, then of course the rest of the universe is like, yeah, well we don't know what Satan was talking about and the risk is there that sin will come back again. And so the only way that God can get rid of that risk, that evil comes back again, is by giving Satan a certain amount of free reign to demonstrate to the universe whether or not he has been able to come up with a better system. Of course, Satan's system is what God calls sin. Now, if, uh, if, 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 of course, if uh, Satan is not allowed to have that free reign uh, to a certain extent, then uh, the universe won't get to see the results of sin. They won't get to see how bad it is. And, of course, you know, the whole thing comes back again. And then, of course, you know, the next person who brings it back, then God has to kill them. And the next person that brings it back, God has to kill them. Love doesn't exist. It just becomes a terrible universe. Okay, so God has allowed Satan a certain um, amount of freedom to be able to, you know, to, to try out his system. Is this going to be better or not? And, uh, and that's what's happening in our world. However, is that without limit? Does Satan have that free reign without limit? This is what the Bible says in relationship to those who are servants of God. So people who have given their lives to God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. In other words, we all get tempted. It says, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able to bear, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And so the simple reality is that when Satan comes along with a temptation, God, who knows you and he knows me, weighs that temptation. You see, it would have been pointless if Satan had killed Job. That would have proved nothing in the great controversy. And it's the same with you and I. If there is a temptation coming our way that is too strong and God looks at us and is like, no, they can't handle that at, that particular, at this particular point, then basically it proves nothing. It just destroys us. It kills us. It wipes us out. And so God weighs those temptations before they come our way. And then when they do come our way and Satan does bring those temptations our way, God is standing right there beside us. Every time, every situation that we are going through, he's saying, I have been there. I have experienced myself. I can get you through this. And here I am with a way of escape. I can carry you through this 
time of temptation. That's what Jesus does for us. If you have a question, give us a call. Our number here is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can also text your questions 0491-064-669 or send them through any of our social media platforms. We love to answer your questions on Question of the Day. And uh, we'll be back after this song break and uh, we'll be back with the giveaway of the day. And this is Jasmine's uh, special request with Gonna Sing by the Gaither Band. I'm Gonna Sing by the Gaither Band. As long as it takes for a song to make sad, heavy spirits free I'm gonna keep making music that carries the secret that Jesus is liberty I'm gonna turn off the sound that would drag people down to the pit of despondency With a sweet, happy tune, He is coming soon for His children like you and me It's a song that'll carry a message along through the dentist of foggy nights can throw a man hope when he's going down for the third time. It's a sweet melody that can cut your heart free from the chains of a past defeat. You can suddenly see through the sweet harmony a path for your wandering feet. I'm gonna sing just as long as it takes for a song to make sad, heavy spirits free. I'm gonna keep making music that carries the secret that Jesus is liberty. Just give in to the doom and gloom. Life's a waiting room for the blow that'll do us all in. I can't sympathize when before my eyes is a hope shining bright as day. I gotta follow the song that keeps drawing me on with my feet dancing all the way. I'm gonna sing just as long as it takes for a song to make sad, heavy spirits free. I'm gonna keep making music that carries the secret that Jesus is liberty. I'm gonna turn off the sounds that would drag people down to the pit of despondency. With a sweet, happy tune, He is coming soon for His children like you and me. I'm gonna sing just as long as it takes for a song to make sad, heavy spirits free. I'm gonna keep making music that carries the secret that Jesus is liberty. Jesus is liberty I'm 
That's the Gaither Vocal Band right there with I'm Gonna Sing, Jasmine's special request this morning. If you've got a special request and you are on site at Big Camp, then come and see us in the Faith FM studio tent. And pick up a free cookbook while you're at it. Absolutely. But for now, we are giving away our special giveaway at the end of the show that we've Before we do, away. I just found out something interesting about Stuart. Oh, yeah, what's that? He's a glider pilot. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, so um, cool. One of these days, I'm going to twist his arm to take me gliding. I've never been gliding. You should broadcast while you're up there. <laughs> Why not? Why take not? the radio with you. Absolutely. I, I'm up for that. Let me tell you about the giveaway for today. We are giving away a wonderful book. It's called Why Was Sin Permitted? A uh, really uh, on-point question at the moment, especially uh, considering the question of the day that we just answered about, you know, why does bad stuff happen? Does, you know, does the... Does God allow the devil to do horrible things to us? Um, this question, this book will go more in depth into that whole conundrum, that whole conundrum of life. Give us a call if you would like to get this book. Be the first person through. One eight hundred Faith FM is our number. It's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. You can pick up a copy of this book. Why was sin permitted for yourself or for a friend? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And don't forget, if you'd like to know more about the Bible, then give us a call because we can connect you with people who can help you learn how to study the Bible for yourself so that you can discover uh, what the Bible says. We, in fact, uh, interviewed some people from the Discovery Center yesterday. They have 17 different courses that they offer Ooh. there. Uh, people are using those in small groups. Um, they have a huge prison ministry going. They have a student there who's signed up like 200 other prisoners um, and uh, yeah, so give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. We'd love, you, love to connect you with the Bible so you can understand it in a more meaningful way.